1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hi, Eden. Hi, Ione.
3: Uh, Hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester podcast. I'm Ione and I'm the founding editor in chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I have the flu.
2: Everyone's got the logo. Everyone's got the logo. I'm Eden, I'm the managing editor of Polyester and the co-host of this podcast. This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast
3: where we pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all.
2: Before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. Do we have any reviews? Yes,
3: we have such a cute one. I think this is my favourite ever ever five stars thank you love heart started listening to this podcast when i was 16 i'm now 18 and you guys feel like the big sisters i've always wanted but never had you address important topics with the new perspectives and you've introduced me to cool forms of art and media thank you so much you've changed my life for the better love sage in
2: florida u.s oh my god yeah, i'm gonna I'm cry, gonna cry. <laughs> Jinx. that's <laughs> so sweet oh that's my god sweetest one. we love you sage we love you thank you sage also, love long, i love the name
3: sage
2: it's gorgeous isn't it yeah. beautiful color as well like a sage green <laughs> very now very yeah the now. yeah very very cute maybe so, the, maybe the longest longest term listener longest maybe term
3: listener? if you've listened for longer leave a review so we can love you as well even though we love you anyway so <laughs> uh yeah i might be very breathy today because i have flu me and Eden are not in the same room, so I'm not going to infect her, even though I think she infect- infected me originally, probably. I
2: think I did, yeah.
3: Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Today, we are finally addressing the sex scene discourse.
2: This is a topic, drain. I've wanted to talk about this for so long. It's, it's been on our list of subjects to to talk about for like the past couple of months, because it always comes around. Yeah, it's very cyclical. Yeah, cyclical. Yeah can't
3: even speak today so cyclica new word (laughs) wait is those the the little pouches that you're not meant to eat that come in like new shoes and stuff oh silica
2: (laughs) (laughs) silica gel yeah they're not meant to eat the only way i know why do they put that that seems so tempted it's like don't eat me don't eat me it's (laughs) like you want me to eat you
3: (laughs) i would love to know if anyone has (laughs) Write <laughs> in if you have ever eaten.
2: My uh, my packet. my dog ate one once, and my mom was freaking <gasps> out, but he was fine. Okay, um.
3: So yes, the sex scene discourse. The long and the short of it is, people do not like sex scenes in TV shows and films. It is a discourse that has swept Twitter for like I'd probably say the last twelve months, if not mm-hmm. longer. Um, The newest kind of wave is because Penn Badgley of Joe in You fame and Dan in Gossip Girl fame has said he doesn't want to do sex scenes anymore. So some of the tweets that um like kind of happened before the You thing are things like, At Lucky Kristen, I really hate sex scenes in movies and TV shows like real bad. I wish they would just use like two sex to imply they had sex and then cut to the next scene. That has... 54,000 likes, 7,000 retweets, and 5,000 quote tweets. So it's definitely something that people are interested in talking about. Eden, do you want to tell us about Pam Badgley and why he doesn't want to do sex scenes in you anymore?
2: Yeah, so before they went into season four, he made a request to the showrunner. Uh, Have you so watched it? I've not watched it now. Ever? None of it? I've watched the first two series. Okay. It's just a bit like, whatever. Uh, we're not here to criticize the show. Uh, I like, people it. like it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah. a good binge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he asked the showrunner Sarah Gamble. Any relation to you? I wish. <laughs> he asked the create the showrunner. Um, can. I just do no more intimacy scenes. So he said, this is a decision I made before I took the show. His wife managed to convince him to take the show and that it would be okay if he had to do sex scenes. He said he wanted to break free from the trope that he was often cast in. I don't think I've ever mentioned it publicly, but it's one of the main things where I'm like, do I want to put myself back on a career path where I'm always in a romantic lead? Fidelity in every relationship, especially in marriage, is important to me. He said, I signed this contract, I signed up for the show, I know what I did. You can't take this aspect out of the DNA of the concept. So he was asking them, how much less can you make it? For a show that's about sex and murdering people because you're obsessed with them and in love with them, Uh, how much sex can we not have in the show? Mm -hmm. So they've kind of, like, worked around his needs in the new series. There is still sex scenes, but Minimal is shown, I think. Yeah. Well, there's like-, there's, like, some, like, also some, like, uh, really raunchy stuff going on. But he's not involved in that.
3: Yeah. So, for example, spoiler, spoiler, if you haven't seen part one of whatever the latest season that is out is, there's a scene where Joe is being seduced Um, But they kind of just like fall on the ground, kiss, they're fully clothed and then it cuts, I think, if I'm remembering properly. Um, But yeah, if you contrast that to there is some other sexy scenes in the show, especially with Lucas Gage, who Mm. you might remember Lucas Gage. Um, from the viral video where a director is saying his flat looks shit Mm. and doesn't realise that he's on the call. And then Lucas Gage calls him out, legend, all
2: round. Yeah, working class legend.
3: So this tweet from Spencer Althaus says, first the rem job in White Lotus and now this not suitable for work women in you. Lucas Gage is single-handedly revolutionising TV sex scenes. Give him an honorary Emmy now. Which made me start thinking. So we'll go back to Penn first. So it's really interesting. Penn doesn't want to do sex scenes anymore. Obviously he did loads of sex in Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl's whole thing was to shock parents of millennials, yeah. um, and to like edge edgelord millennials into watching the show. Like everyone remembers that kind of um iconic first advertisement series for the show where it's like Dan and Is it Dan? No, it's Nate and Serena having sex, and it's like a photograph of it, and then there's loads of different ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like, don't let your kids watch Gossip Girl. But also, actually saying this, right, sex is kind of, in the case of Dan Humphrey, a strange thing in Gossip Girl. Like, do you remember, there's that whole thing about him and Serena doing it for the first time, and Mm. him losing his virginity, and then they do it, like, in his dad's gallery and it's like really romantic. Like Dan yeah, Humphrey also doesn't really yeah, no.
2: throw away sex. Yeah, he doesn't. He's but then he's like the the that like Seth Cohen archetype it's like, the moral like one, you know? Yeah 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 where it's like Virginial nerd.
3: Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah
2: And um, I feel like he always kinda has played that role. Like when he was in this thing where he's saying I don't I don't want to be the romantic lead anymore, it's like, no offense, but like <laughs> you're not exactly no offense, like when have you been yeah 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 yeah. you're not exactly like sex guard. like i don't know
3: it's a very dan humphrey thing to say i feel no, i'm you yeah, yeah, yeah
2: um
3: so he's obviously that initial comment spurred lots and lots of internet discussion um lots of people applauding it lots of people taking the piss out of it um mm-hmm. Yeah, don't even know where to start. Like, for example, Raja yeah, Dalman the... yeah. says, Ben <laughs> on why he requested no sex scenes for you season four. I just thought we hadn't had any awful sex on film discourse in a while. I love reading the worst, most tedious takes people have, so does my wife. <laughs> reading them reading them together enhances our marriage, which I wish was true. Like, I wish Ben Badgley had crack. I don't think he does.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so... There are a few really weird Penn Badgley quotes about this. One of them is from Penn Badgley Goes Deeper on Swearing Off Racy You Sex Scenes. The Aspect of Hollywood Has Been Very Disturbing by Kate Arthur for Variety. So Badgley spoke carefully about his discomfort with sex scenes. Quote, Having done a fair amount of them in my career, it's not a place where I've blurred lines, he says. There's almost nothing I could say with more consecration. That aspect of Hollywood has always been very disturbing to me, and that aspect of the job, that mercurial boundary, has always been something that I also, that I actually don't want to play with at all. He's also now older than his romantic interests on the show, didn't used to be the case, he says. I understand that last part. Well, actually, I don't understand all of it, sorry. Like, because I feel like it's getting two things very confused. I saw this tweet, which was like, isn't it ironic that now, just as we were having the conversation about like intimacy directors and Uh safety on set for sex scenes in Hollywood, we're now calling for a ban to them all. It's like, as we're actually, as there's actually like movement around tightening up that practice and making sure people don't get exploited, which is very true. People do Uh get very exploited as we know. Suddenly it's like, no, do away with the whole practice. If we can't do it in our like dirty, sordid way, I don't want to do it at all.
2: That's just what, what i mean yeah that's what people are saying though. like ha- i think sex scenes have probably never been more uh not like safer to do but more like planned and thought out and taken yeah. both like the actors both or whoever was in the scene their their feelings and like privacy and stuff into consideration like loads of sex scenes are often like closed sets where it's just like the director whereas back in the day you know all sorts of horrible shit went on like People, like, didn't consent to certain things that are actually in films now that you can watch. Yeah. Uh, like, so I just, uh, I feel like it's kind of bullshit because having sex on screen has never been more, uh like, planned. I don't know, well thought out. Yeah, yet. like,
3: more, yeah, exactly. Like, has more kind of structure around it to try and ensure the safety, which mm. obviously, like also i feel like something that's being missed here which i want to bring up without moral judgment is that <laughs> Penn bashley is part of the bahai b-a-h-a apostrophe i faith which is a form of buddhism i think and he is a fairly recent convert to that faith like past 10 years kind of vibe. like he didn't grow up in that faith but a huge part of it is like the sanctity of marriage Mm -hmm. being in that relationship 100% and never kind of you know breaking that marriage bond which is like a you know because I don't think there should be any sort of like line that implies that having a having sex on screen for your job is the same as cheating on your partner because it's your job like they don't actually have sex (laughs) like it's part of being an actor i think people can make decisions obviously like there's so much around you know like nudity on screen and like certain female actresses not wanting to be nude certain male people not wanting to be nude i completely understand that because that's like your personal body it's all of these things oh my god did you see that thing about um you know jonah hill's new movie you people
2: yeah
3: the girl, the lead woman, I don't know her name, they CGI'd all the kisses because she didn't want to kiss, like, she doesn't want to do any kissing scenes. No
2: way. What the hell? Um, I'd love love to see that. How the fuck do they CGI? it looks
3: so bad. Does it? Yeah.
2: It kind of is, it's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you want to take a role but, like, and you want to have the freedom to take whatever roles you want, but then if you don't want to kiss it's like, well, you're very limited to what you can do. Yeah. Well, look, look at what happened in, what is it, in Twin Peaks The Return when the, yeah. thing he didn't wanna, the woman that plays Donna was like, oh, I don't want to do a topless scene, so they just hired a completely different actress and everyone just pretended that it was her. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: It's like, you kind of have to do shit like that like, to get around it, because if someone doesn't want to do something, you either have to write out that scene or you just have to do something totally ludicrous and cast a different woman in the hopes that no one will like pay attention to it. Yeah, and
3: I also just think it's like, there's so many of these decisions that are like really nuanced, especially in cinema when it comes to like, yeah, consent, all of these things, like um, how people behave on a set is like yeah. so important to discuss and like exploitation and like blah, 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 blah. literally signed himself onto a show that is about a psychopathic man seducing women.
2: Yeah, like... My empathy is limited towards well? him in this yeah, situation. Yeah. Also, someone, uh, another tweet, Guy Lodge, said that don't frame it as a kind of breach of fidelity. It's your job, you know, you're not actually yeah, fucking someone. of course
3: it's not. And
2: it seems kind of weird to the people that you've worked with because then it's like trying to make them seem out like they've like wanted to have sex with you on screen or something. It's such, a, it's just such a weird way to like go about this discourse.
3: Yeah. And it just like inspires the most brain, one-brained takes mm. in the world. Where
2: it's like we should never, ever have sex in anything ever again just because I might feel uncomfortable or I might be watching it with my mum. And I don't want to go through that.
3: (laughs) Exactly. We've all been there. Like, it's not as if I'm like rabid for sex scenes. It's not (laughs) as if I'm like, oh, I love them. They're my favorite part of any cinema. Like, yeah, sometimes they're uncomfortable. There's a lot of bad sex scenes. There's a lot of bad sex in cinema. Mm. There's lots to be said about that. But like trying to devoid a whole genre of art from sex it's just kind of ridiculous. And I do think that I wrote this for days before Christmas, but like, I think so much of what's happened on social media in the last 10 years is to blame for this. Like mm-hmm. I know words like censorship, et are thrown around so much, like not even to get started on the fucking Ro- road, doll <laughs> shit of things. Like, we can talk about next week. Um, <laughs> but it's like, we grew up on Tumblr when you could literally just search Tumblr and, See porn. You could just look at porn very easily, very accessibly. Now, as soon as you can't even see a nipple on Instagram, it's been that way for so long. So I think it has changed how we approach art and how we approach everything because we're constantly thinking about, like, oh, can I put this on the internet without it getting censored? Can I put this? And like our generation, people our age are kind of fine because we have. Before, yeah. but I think people that didn't, they're obviously going to be weirded out if they're in a cinema and see sex because it's not as if they're just on the internet and stumble into sex anymore. Yeah. Like on TikTok, you can't even post a video of a candle, like a burnt candle that's on fire, on fire but you know, like a lit candle because apparently you're encouraging people to commit arson.
2: Like, you can't even say the word sex on TikTok.
3: Yeah, you can't even say these words anymore. And I feel like it's definitely so much to do with internet censorship mm. that people are starting to have these really like extreme views towards sex in the media because they're not used to seeing it and it does feel like an affront
2: yeah also you saying you're not rabid for sex scenes i am we need more (laughs) (laughs) we need more bring back the glory days of
0: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
2: Because there were sex scenes and everything, even in, like, action films.
3: Yeah. Um, so one of the most troubling aspects of this discourse is that people are now calling for the reintroduction of the Hays Code. Eden, would you like to tell us about the Hays Code?
2: So the Hays Code was a series of guidelines uh, for cinema, hollywood american cinema uh, that were released between 1934 and 1968 so they prohibited profanity suggestive nudity graphic or realistic violence sexual persuasions and rape had strict rules about costumes the use of crime dance religion national sentiment and morality um so a lot of if you watch films that are pre-code so films in the thirties like Babyface, Scarface, Freaks, Storylines had glamorous gangsters, they had sexually liberated women, they had disabled people, marginalised people, they're about class struggles, and William H. Hayes did not like that at the time. So he introduced these guidelines that basically you couldn't represent anything negatively. You weren't allowed to show anyone kissing. Just basically just try to censor pretty much everything. Cause the pre mm. the pre um, Pace code films are pretty wild, like really violent. Uh, And compared to kind of, if you watch films, maybe made a couple of years after that, it's like so strict. Like everything, even if people kiss, like it immediately cuts to like dark, like all like the other side of the room and stuff. Um, And obviously had a huge effect on Hollywood. So like, if you look at like Betty Boop, who was like pre-code, she was like a sexually liberated, liberated flapper who then kind of later became like a housewife. And basically, like, wrote herself out of that role.
3: Yeah, there's this such interesting Twitter thread by Catherine Coldiron, um, where she is basically saying that the introduction of the Hayes Code set back the liberation of American thought for three decades. So mm-hmm. she's basically kind of making the point that, like, What's it called? Like the Overton window shifted with the Hayes Code, so that like the floor of acceptability was dramatically dropped. Yeah, because Hollywood were trying to cater to like the least accepting people in society. So the 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 thread kind of you know, sites and don't come for me like Midwestern (laughs) people. in america that had like for example never seen a black person never met a gay person all of these types of things obviously we're going back like nearly 100 years at this point Mm -hmm. so they were catering to like what this twitter thread considers in quotation marks the lowest common denominator of like acceptable thought and like liberal liberal thought open thought so therefore everything being put out was like super conservative super everything and it meant that people like couldn't I suppose expand their mind lol. Mm. like they could not expand their taste they can't expand the way they thought about things like nothing was introduced to them and so it really set back like the way we think about social politics and different groups of people because of that and like another thing that I thought was really interesting in this Hayes Code discourse was that this was basically a response to the Wall Street crash of the late 20s meaning that like Hollywood had to buckle in and ensure that people would go and see all of those films in the cinema. And the easiest way to do that was to make it as, you know, non-controversial as possible. Yeah. As just like, you know, sit, zone out for two hours, watch a nice little film and leave. Mass because appeal. then they could guarantee the most people's income, which is very similar to what we're seeing now in Marvel. Mm-hmm. And which you have a bit about in your research, Eden, don't you?
2: The... Everyone is beautiful and no one is horny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this essay. I think it, it does the rounds from time to time on Twitter. It was written a couple of years ago for, uh, by R.S. Benedict for Bloodwire, yeah. um, which is basically that in Hollywood now, everyone is chiseled, beautiful. Even background actors are like gorgeous, stunning. No one's ugly. Everyone is so gorgeous and beautiful, but no one fucks. Yeah. Because if you put, if you dared to put sex in a film that was, like, kind of marketed, I guess, at teenagers, then you're exploiting them. But when you think about, like, stuff like Terminator, the the Terminator franchise exists because two people met and fucked. Like, and in the film, they have, like, the most, like, steamy sex scene, like, halfway through the film. I feel like I, if I was watching a Marvel film, which I don't, I would be so shocked that if there was something like that in it now, because they've just become so sanitised and so sexless. And it's like, what a waste. Like, let us see these beautiful, stunning people at least have a little kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, one of the points this essay makes is that when people demand, when superhero fans demand for something that's more mature, they always mean more violence and not more sex. So they want, like, the, the people are, like, action figures and not action heroes, so they, their bodies only exist for inflicting violence upon others. Yeah, And to have fun is to become weak and to let your team down and to give the enemy a chance to win. So, like, in Endgame, when Thor got fat and, like, just wanted to sit in his house all day and stuff, it's, like, yeah, that becomes, like, the brunt of the joke when someone's body is no longer able to be used for violence when everyone's beautiful body should be used for Smooching. I think it's so interesting as well
3: that, yeah, there is like this. Now there's like a certain aesthetic that comes with um acceptable violence, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the Batman. It's like kind of this very dark thing. You can barely see the screen. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, all of those things. It's incel coded. It's blah, 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 blah. And like before, this kind of like dark noir kind of thing was related to sex but now it's related to like male frustration more than anything else
2: yeah it's it's bleak it's very, and then this this bleak. whole this whole documentation of like how they got to that point were they on steroids did they do this what was their regime like what did they eat they starved themselves they did this they did that it's like obsessive well it's
3: like the body as a product rather than the body as like something that has like desires and needs and wants and like will it's like the body is something that is like set with tasks that they have to complete to make the world better or yeah. more like at peace whatever
2: and they all just look so the physique is just like unattainable for the average person but then in this essay, they make the point of like in the 80s and 90s, actors were good looking, but they were kind of like still human. Like Kurt Russell, you know, he's a little bit chunky. Bruce Willis was handsome, but just not like completely like fake looking. Yeah. Isabella Rossellini in Blue Velvet, like she looks like a real, not a real person. Cut.
3: Looks <laughs> cut <laughs> like top. a real woman. I'm not letting you cut oh, that out. No.
2: no, they have to. <laughs>
3: No, but also, I did think that comparison in the essay was quite moot because, like, yeah. Blue Velvet is a very adult film yeah, and Marvel true, films yeah. are not very adult films. Like, like you're not going to take your 12 year old to go see Blue Velvet. That would be an absolutely bananas thing to do. Um, okay, I think a formative
2: experience.
3: But I think that's like comparing fucking, um, shit, what's the film that we went to go, the cannibal film called that we went to go to? Yeah, it's like comparing Bones and All to Endgame. There's just no comparison, you can't do it. Like, it doesn't make sense as a comparison. And they do have sex in Bones and All, right? Well. Yeah. Kind of. But they
2: don't really have that much sex. No.
3: Um, not to give away anything. Um, But, yeah, I think that's a moot point. And then I think it goes back to what that lucas gage tweet actually which got me mm-hmm. thinking like oh lucas gage is revolutionizing sex on screen is it that tv is like much better for sex like i know it's all about you where it mm-hmm. comes down to this but it did have a lot of sex but like for example euphoria mm-hmm. obviously incited so much moral panic because there was all of these like sex things and like violence and like it did all of it basically like it didn't just do violence or sex and also i like the people in that Do kind of look like real people, like especially Um, Angus Cloud, Fazco, which did you see he is wanted for a hit and run? Yeah, I saw that. Whoopsie. (laughs) The Euphoria cast is going to be in jail before the next
2: season comes out. Shoplifting, robbery, (laughs) for the Euphoria
3: cast now! (laughs)
2: Um, But Yeah,
3: and then, like, I was even thinking about it, but even, like, Riverdale is mad horny. Like, Riverdale has so much sex in it that it's actually, like, weird. Mm. All the teen shows now still have sex in. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, which got me to thinking, but even, like, White Lotus has loads of sex, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, there is still sex in TV, and it makes me wonder who are these people that do not want sex there. But then I think this is another thing. So, like... I wrote about this in the days article I wrote where it's like, sex is still everywhere. It's like still basically one of the main driving forces of our society. Mm-hmm. It's like omnipresent in culture because it's still in advertising, it's still in TV, it's still like everywhere you look there is sex. Mm-hmm. But if people are having less sex and can see less sex online, there's like this disconnect between lived experience and quotation marks and then what people are being shown in the media, which I suppose can be really jarring. Yeah. But are people having less sex, Eden? Tell us about it.
2: Well, apparently, according to the New York Times, um, have more sex, please, says Magdalene J. Taylor for the New York Times. So this is like very American-centric, but apparently in the uh, people are having sex less than they have at any point in the last three decades. So there's a kind of an epidemic of loneliness across almost every single demographic group, apparently. I don't know whether... Oh, so the General Social Survey uh, it, that was done in 2021 also like kind of maybe skewed because it's fucking covid so people maybe wanted to have less sex they didn't want to get covid but they said more than a quarter of americans haven't had sex once in the last in the past year uh and it was the highest of such level of sexlessness in the survey's history um so this this uh, this article is trying to say that like the high school cliche fear that everyone is having less everyone else is having sex has never been less true so Mm -hmm. apparently teenagers aren't having sex anymore and neither is anyone else but what do you think do you think do you think that's true i definitely feel like we're going towards this it feels like there's been an era of people like practicing celibacy and people not wanting to have casual sex and kind of making it a trend yeah the puritanes yeah,
3: definitely. I mean, I think also as I said like if this is a massive discussion online in itself and then there is no sex online, I mean, it's the inevitable conclusion to those things, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what we can do about it apart from keep sex in films. Yeah. I agree.
2: And also, you know, there's this the systems in place where there's the fucking rating system. So if you're going clicking on something and it's an 18, on netflix you're going there probably will be sex in this and you don't want to see any sex scenes don't fucking watch it you know there's these and if on imdb this is a parents guide so you can go on that and it says it's ratings of like how extreme things will be so if there's like it's like done with like violence drugs and alcohol sex and nudity and then it tells you there will be tits and not tits but like a woman will take her top off or (laughs) we'll kiss but nothing else will happen or like full penetration on screen like there's systems in place there's like trigger warnings and stuff that you can then before you consume a piece of media you can then say well I don't think I'm ready to see that today yeah there's that website does the dog die where you can google yeah and then there's and then on that website as well there's warnings for like everything so if you have any phobias or fears or anything that's like gonna traumatize you you can you can check so I, th- I feel like this discourse is kind of just like, we can end it so quickly because, you know, there's there's ratings for a reason. There's, so don't watch but also, it. Also,
3: <laughs> isn't this another thing where it's like, for example, um, Penn Badgley as an individual has every single right to say he doesn't want to do sex scenes, mm-hmm. but then it's like become this societal moment and he has, you know, uh, what's it called? Enabled that to happen where it's like, just like people make their personal decisions about what they do or do not want to consume and do or not want to do.
2: Yeah. Don't try and make other actors seem like they shouldn't be having sex scenes because you're yeah. like, I would never cheat on my wife on screen. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, not, that's not really what's happening here. Yeah, or... good for you.
3: Like, good for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think okay. the point is valid, but he just didn't go about it the right way, I don't think.
0: Yeah, that I is always you. the
2: case, yeah. and then he did like a follow up as well. Like you said, he did, made these comments on a podcast, and then did an interview with Variety, and he was like, and then like, <laughs> he like pointed his finger even further.
3: Yeah, well, and Celine. he's allowed to
2: feel that way. If he feels uncomfortable, that's not we don't want people to ever feel uncomfortable. No, well, you know when you're signing up for a girl.
3: Yeah, definitely. <sighs> Big breathe out. That has been our sex scene on rant
2: yeah, I wonder what other people think. I'm like I mean if anyone wants to do any further reading, there's a really good podcast you may remember this. You must remember this. Sorry. About she did a whole series about erotic cinema and how it started in from like the 60s all the way through to the 90s and about how I mean the first episode is really really horrible. It's about Last Tango in Paris where there's like A really horrible sex scene that the actress didn't consent to, and that's in the film. And she kind of covers the whole history, all the way through to like James Spader, king of erotic cinema, in my opinion, (laughs) in the 90s, and like how erotic cinema kind of fizzled out. Um, and that's really good. And I would recommend that if anyone wants to learn more about sex in cinema, or just even like what films are really good and have really good sex scenes. but this Even is something if you're I feel. Dirty
3: perv like Eden.
2: I feel so passionate about this. Like, if you don't want to watch a sex scene, don't watch the film. But you kind of you can read the description of the film. So let yeah. the pervs watch the sex scenes. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, thank you, Eden, for your passion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Ione for listening um, to me th- right
3: <laughs> thank you to the <laughs> listeners thank you to olivia for editing thank you to gina and gina charlotte grace misha and hattie we'll see you next week bye see you next week
2: bye <laughs> planning for your next trip